coming up this week on the Course of Life podcast at the Colonial on Memorial Day weekend. It was the grill guy versus the shank artist in an interesting playoff on the PGA Tour. Plus, the LPGA match play took it to Vegas. And we have our thoughts and picks for this week's rendition of the Memorial at Jack's Place. We're tuned into our favorite TV show auditions and Mike's big time brush with a celebrity as well. This week's guest, LPGA Tour Pro Lauren Stevenson, talking life on tour. She's got a wedding she's planning as well. Very busy time and a fun conversation uh, with a women's professional golfer coming your way. And finally, it's hot dog talk and cookies when we always end with food. All of it brought to you by our friends at the Live Take app. Mike, you know Live Take because we're on there every week debating everything that's going on hot in the world of golf. And uh, we're going to get into some fun comments uh, and commentaries as the summer rolls on. But the beauty of the Live Take app is it's where all those sports debates get settled instantly. With you, your friends, your colleagues, and every other sports fan in your life, if you have a debate, you take it to the Live Take app, you do a challenge that's 5 or 10 or 20 minutes, it's audio or video, and everyone votes. So we actually find out who the winner is to all of these arguments you have on the couch or at the bar with your buddies the people decide the winner again on the live take app so challenge us check out our challenge this week we're talking about different things around the world of golf and outside the world of sports on the live take app download today interwebs and welcome to course of life we are proud to be presented by our friends at desert fox golf and the live take app i'm michael he's alex and alex they were in texas at the colonial for the charles schwab challenge and for the third year in a row the charles schwab challenge went to a playoff interesting and and it was between emiliano grillo and adam sheck and um, it turned into a Grillo got the W, uh, taking a birdie on the second playoff hole, and and I, and I feel like this was almost turning into an event of who doesn't want to win. The Charles Schwab is what it seemed like it was turning <laughs> yes. into. Harry Hall had a big lead; he lost it. Scotty Scheffler couldn't buy a putt. Even though he decided to get a hole in one, which was his way of doing the the Happy Gilmore. Maybe I and just he was won. only one shot short, Mike. After yeah. all that, Isn't that I crazy? Know. And uh, Grillo couldn't had a had a you know had eighteen had the ball in the in the in the viaduct that separates eighteen. <laughs> the viaduct, yes, a double bogey on eighteen to make the playoff happen with Adam Schenk, who just kind of stuck around. I thought he was going to actually end up winning this thing, but Rillo notches his second PGA Tour victory. Um, first one in like seven years. So since his first one, those many years ago. Uh, what, what do you think of Grillo? I mean, the grill was lit for Memorial Day weekend, right? The Ooh. the unofficial kickoff to summer. Of course, it's fitting that that grill gets it done. Uh, impressive win, despite all the adversity he gave himself on Sunday. Like you said, it was it was a game of hot potato with who actually wanted to win the tournament. And I, I swore, I was like, "Geez, Scotty Scheffler's a million shots back," but I swear he's going to post a number and like it might yep. be good enough. And it almost was, which is crazy. Uh, but a funny thing happened to Grillo. He had just had the double in eighteen. He was waiting for. For his playoff or not result and he invited a couple of kids out just from the side of the he range did, to hit yeah. some balls and i think it was one of those moments where he just had to clear his head just kind of get out of the seriousness of the tournament 
And I think that was the exact remedy he needed to just snap back into reality and, and get it done in sudden death. So shout out to Grio for getting it done in a, in a very interesting way at Colonial. Yeah, I mean, this is a course that just you don't hit driver off the tee as often here. And when you do, it seems like it doesn't stay in the fairway is what a lot of guys seem to do here, especially yeah. toward the end of the day. Um, can we talk real quick, though, about Scotty Scheffler? If you took Harry Hall's putting, because Harry Hall is a very good putter, says he wants to be the best putter on tour by the end of the year. And Scotty Scheffler's tee to green game, which is the best on tour, okay. you would have this unstoppable, better than Tiger Woods player right now. I think so. Yes. If you want to morph those two together. Yeah. Because Scheffler has been absolutely striking the ball phenomenally. The ACE was just a microcosm of how on his irons and wedges were all week. Yeah. And you knew he was going to be a factor. Like even Scotty Scheffler with his C game is going to get it around at a place like colonial. And with his course management skills, he's going to find himself in contention. So yes, you're right. Hey, Harry Hall, you know, the putter was there most of the week. Most of the week. Uh, but at ideal times, uh, when he needed it most on Sunday, it did let him down in the end. Yeah. So that was Colonial. And there were other things going on there because, of course, Michael Block, the hero uh, of the previous week at a major, was back. We, of course, didn't talk after the major championship. Um and Michael Block, are we, are we still on the love wagon for him? No, the internet now hates Michael Block in, in a record amount of time. It, it's unbelievable <laughs> how quick we turn in 2023. Uh, you remember he just finished in the top 15 at Oak Hill in the PGA. Unbelievably historic week for club professionals uh, and amazing stuff there. It gets him back into the tournament next year. He heads over to Colonial. He does a million interviews, of course. Talks with everybody under the sun about how great his week was, as he should. He should be soaking in the limelight. Unfortunately, yes. he made one comment, which you kind of teased at a moment ago, where, where he said if he had Rory McElroy's length off the tee, he'd be one of the best players in the world on the PGA Tour. And, and that was the moment, Mike, when the Michael Block party jumped the shark and Twitter immediately did a 180 and we all just decided that we were sick of him. It's, it's amazing how quickly the internet works these days. You know, if I could hit the ball like Rory McIlroy, I'd be one of the best players in the world, too. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. Michael Block and Michael Russell. Add them to the list of guys who think they can be. A, all right. All right. All right. All right. There you go. Uh, another big storyline, speaking of Twitter out there, was, of course, the uh, the Brandel Chambly versus Phil and Liv whole saga. <laughs> You know, just once again, I think Phil is lawyering up once again to do another lawsuit against Brandel. Oh, this um, is always great because, you know, we've got golf that you and I get to cover and watch. But then we also just have this new soap opera. You know, you and I don't sit around watching soap operas all day like, like no. maybe some other people in this world do. But we've now just been given this soap opera every week where somebody goes off on Twitter about Liv and we see all the ricochet shots and all the all the shrapnel that flies in every direction. Uh, so now it's Brandel versus Phil Mickelson just going head to head. I mean, they're in the, the comments, the replies. Uh, we got to just set up some sort of pay-per-view where they can just duke this out and go 12 rounds, I think. that That's the next honorable step. Yeah, the annoying thing is, though, with Phil, what I notice is that I can't comment on anything Phil says. You have to, like, be followed by Phil in order to be a part of the conversation. It's interesting. It Phil anti-Twitter. Twitter was all about anyone could talk to anybody. Mm, he's doing a little bit of like the not like a shadow ban, but kind of like a limited audience feature for, for his, his best content. He's not giving people like Michael uh, access to uh, to all of his tweets. Uh, so regardless, yeah, if you want to follow the soap opera, it's easy to do. 
all you got to do is log into that Twitter app and just type in the word LIV and go crazy because Brandon and, and Phil are seemingly at each other's throats every day with a new feud. All right, let's talk about the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship. They were uh, not too far away from Colonial. They were in Frisco, Texas, uh, in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex area. Yeah, right. And uh, they had a playoff as well. Steve Stricker and Patty Harrington, the nice. two big names on the Champions Tour. And Steve Stricker notches his sixth senior major title. Impressive stuff. I feel like yeah. he, he's a he's a little bit of a big game hunter when it comes to the Champions Tour in recent yeah. years. You know, he, he's always he said in recent years, and we've talked about this, how he's made a point to tail back his playing schedule. He really only plays about maybe 15 tournaments a year. I think it's been even less in some recent years. But boy, when he's ready to fire, he is, he's still ready to go. It, it's kind of impressive to see a guy at that age who is playing competitively that little uh, still show up in the biggest of stages. So yeah, shout out Strick for getting it done. Sixth senior major title too. Very yeah. impressive. He, he's now the fifth senior uh, player to have at least six major titles, senior okay. major titles. So I'm going to ask you, I think you know at least one of these answers. Who has the most senior Ooh, major okay. titles? Um, let's see. I got a, I got three names swirling, and I bet yep. you at least two of them are in the top three. <laughs> yep. My three names... I'll start with the legends first. My three names. I, I, I honestly, I didn't look up the whole list. I just know who has the most. So. How about Arnold Palmer? Is he up there? Uh, he might be. I don't know, but he's not number All one. Right, uh, Gary Player's up there for sure. I know that. He's won more oh, than yeah, six. Definitely. I know that. But, but our boy Bernie, Mike. Bernie oh, Longer. Yeah. He does. He's, he has the most. How many does Bernhard Longer have? Is he in um, double digits? He is. Wow. He has, he got? Oh, he's got 11. Wow. Good for Bernie. Bernie Longer. Yeah. 11 majors. Cheers. Crazy. Life is good after 50 for some people, right? It really is. You know, that gives us all hope, right? <laughs> That's right. Now, good for him. Wow, 11 majors. Okay. Okay, Bernhard. I see you out there. Yep. Uh, the LPGA was in action, too. They had match play. They do that, too. It was the Bank of Hope LPGA match yeah, play. Like they this. were at Shadow Creek in yeah, Vegas. Vegas. Fancy course. Fancy course. Uh, really yeah. cool setting. And uh, Pajari Anen Arukarn of Thailand. How'd I do there? Bad. Um, I'm going to go B minus again, okay. not faulting the lovely international variety LPGA tour, yes. just solely making fun of your pronunciation ability. You. Uh, I'm going to give you a B minus C plus there. I appreciate it. Well, the, well, the, the woman from Thailand won three and one over Ayaka Fururo for, of Japan, who, <laughs> who had her second year as a runner up. So that just kind of just kind of stings a little. Dang, um, the final finish second twice in a row in the match play term because you know what, what a yeah. grind that is to get through that bracket too yeah it definitely is um so uh the 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 tie takes takes the w there that's her second win, win that's a LPGA cool first tour. win win that match play uh in vegas uh past guest ali ewing won that match play a few years ago yep. as well too that's a one of those bigger end lpj events that gets you into a few extra tournaments and obviously tons of rolex points as well too so a uh, good win for for the thailand um, rep there that's indeed other other bit of news. I don't know if you saw this out of the LPGA. Jessica Corda, who has been you know really battling some back injuries, has said that she is taking a break indefinitely mm. to try to get her back in line. It's really been causing her too many issues. Uh, so a big star from the LPGA will be out for yeah, who knows how long. I think that long. kind of stinks for you and I because you and I are old enough to remember when it was just Jessica Corda and not yeah. Nellie Corda. <laughs> and it's always fun when we see both the sisters on the leaderboard at the same time. So hopefully we can get some more of those vibes in, in the future years. But it looks like she's taking uh, Jessica, the older sister, is taking some time away from the game. 
Let's look ahead to where the PGA Tour is headed next. They're headed to the Memorial Tournament presented by Workday. It's Jack's Place. Didn't they tear up the course like as soon as the guys finished last year? Or was that two years ago? It's ridiculous, Mike. (laughs) I would contend, and and this is very unofficial, I would contend that Muirfield Village is the most constantly worked on and renovated PGA Tour venue on the entire calendar. I mean, Jack is just never satisfied with this being enough of a test. Um, They have reworked bunkers, fairway, and green framing. I even looked it up for my article this week. They even rerouted a stream on the course so it is more in play for golfers and errant tee shots. Uh, So Jack pulling out all the stops like he does every year to make this test for the pros. Just crazy. And the stars will be out. The top five players in the world will be in Dublin, Ohio for the Memorial. So Scotty Scheffler, uh, if he can if he can putt, you got to think he's going to win. He is the world number one again, too, by the way. Yeah, but what what about John Rahm? He's remember he he not only won this tournament, he also had the COVID ruined yeah. memorial blowout. I mean, like he loves this course. Like I feel like he's got a little vengeance when he comes back here too. Yeah, you would think he does indeed. Uh, Roy McIlroy, I don't know if he's going to really contend. Patrick mm. Cantley is a two-time winner. Xander yep. is going to be there. Four top twenty finishes and five starts. And uh, but unfortunately, Max Homa will not be there. His sister's getting married, but still. Uh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Sibling wedding. That makes sense. So the question is, in your picks, Alex, are you going to take any of the guys in the top five? Mm, Boy, it's going to be hard for me to get off Scotty because I've been trailing him for a lot of weeks recently outside of Oak Hill. Um, So I'm going to take a hard look at him first and foremost. And again, people don't like it, but it's like I feel like I have to apologize, but. I think I'm back in Patrick Cantley again. And I know everyone on Twitter is freaking <laughs> out right now as I say that. Like, you know, he's the most hateable guy on tour right now because of his pace of play, but he loves this course. So definitely yep. going to have to look at Cantley. Definitely going to look at Scheffler. But then I'm going to go a little bit further down the list for some of my sleepers. So check out my runyourpool.com article for the full preview and picks. Again, I've got six wins in 2023 uh, from the picks in that article weekly. Uh, so check it out. Uh, it'll be out by the time you listen to this as well. I am going to give you one sleeper that I just want to throw out there because I love picking this guy. He finished third in the PGA Tour Champions debut last week at the Senior PGA. It was his debut on the Champions Tour. Stuart Sink. Oh, wow. Interesting. And dang, he's 50. God. Yeah. There's another one. Got another Crazy. one bites the dust, right? Bites the dust or the Champions Tour just got better. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Thanks for glass half full right there. I appreciate yeah, there that. Go. Yeah. Someone, someone, Stewie Sink Memorial yeah. course management, dry course, hot and sunny, no rain. I think he can be long enough. So you never know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens. For now, let's switch over to Tuned In to share what we're tuning in outside of the world of sports. As we talked about uh, last week, I don't even remember last week's episode because we recorded it super early because I was out of town. We recorded last week's episode, I think, about three or four months ago, about something like that. That's what it felt like at this point for me, (laughs) especially. Uh, I was in Kansas City uh, for the Destination Imagination Global Finals. Uh, DI is, of course, a great 
program. I like to say it, it's it's what I did as a kid. It's made me what I am today. It empowers kids to creatively solve STEAM challenges independently. That's my elevator pitch for you on it. This was our global finals competition where kids from all over the world who competed locally won, and now they get to come to global finals. And I was there volunteering as a member of our alumni council. That's our alumni organization, which I'm chair of for another month, and then my term ends, and I get to okay. take a break. Right. Nice. Um, so I've been leading that effort for the last year, and it's been a really rewarding, awesome experience. But the thing, the highlight to me during the week is that I got to uh, meet, converse with, shake the hand of, and make laugh, which I think is the key, the key headline here. Uh, recent three-time Oscar winner, Daniel Scheinart who is half of the Daniels duo from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Yeah, we discussed half of the Daniels being there. And so I saw a snap of you on stage in front of the masses, getting the award to him. But but we got to get to the laugh part. What what made a Hollywood star laugh from your voice and mind? That's the real question. I I think there were two instances. The first was... uh, (laughs) Uh, we had to get we we both were giving speeches at the uh, graduation ceremony that they right, do okay. for graduating seniors, and uh, he got up and gave his fantastic speech, uh, in which he, by the way, told everyone to have an anti role model, someone that you ex- personifies everything you don't want to be, which I think is great advice. Oh yeah, the sat- haters, man, you got to keep the yeah. haters right, right in the front page yeah, too. Love exactly. that. Exactly. He sat down, and I was just like, "Hey, great job!" And he just like burst out this little laugh, which was kind of funny. And then yeah. I I had to follow him with my graduation. Wow. Did you follow him? Yeah. Jeez. Uh, not wow. Immediately, we did. We we gave out all the diplomas, and then I had to follow. Um, <laughs> and and I, I let me just say, I gave a great speech. Everybody was loving it. People were laughing. People were crying. Uh, people were swooning over because it, it was a love. It was the love story of me and my wife and how we met. Uh, doing this work uh, yeah. for for a DI. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if he was laughing then or not during some of those bits. I was looking more out at the crowd and not at him, but. You know, it was uh, pretty spectacular to uh, yeah, follow. Yeah, that's a fun full circle moment so, for you right there. After yeah, all the years you put into that organization, obviously telling that story in front of that group, really cool stuff. Yeah. Nice you know, this is my uh, 28th year doing something with Destination Imagination, so it's been a long time. Good stuff. DI Global Finals in the books. Another year. Love it. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I was tuned into, uh, obviously, my YouTube wormholes continue. Uh, this one is one you can definitely get on board with, though. The account is Lights, Camera, Action. I will give some free publicity because this YouTube account is just all about the kind of unfound gems of Hollywood. So they have all sorts of different interesting videos taking you behind the scenes of your favorite TV shows and movies. For example, you could watch the audition tape for Breaking Bad, Walter White's first audition from Brian mm. Cranston, uh, Aaron Paul, and all the main characters. How about the behind the voices for the Emperor's New Groove, Mike? You know, mm. take you behind the voices of an amazing animated movie, or or the twenty two minute featurette on the making of Step Brothers with John C. Riley and Will Ferrell. <laughs> uh, so this account, needless to say, a fun kind of throwback look down Hollywood TV shows and movies of the past and and a neat behind the scenes. Like if you're into behind the scenes media content, lights, camera, action, definitely a follow for you. Can they get the audition tape of Brian Cranston auditioning for Seinfeld? Ooh, I have to look all the way down through this playlist and see if they have any Seinfeld stuff. I haven't discovered anything yet 
Um, there's some really good Jonah Hill stuff from the uh, super bad auditions too. Oh man, when yeah. like 13, 14 years old, and Seth Rogen's behind the camera like laughing at the original initial screenings. Yeah, there's there's some bloombers from Seinfeld. I'm already seeing as I'm scrolling down. So yeah, we I got to dig further, but check out Lights Camera Action on YouTube. All right, let's get into this week's guest. We're going to go back to when you were at the Chevron Championship in April. Uh, it was, the, uh, of course, the LPGA Tour Major down there. And uh, you were able to talk to another pro on tour, um, Lauren Stevenson. Yeah, it feels like a while ago. It, it being April, I was back at the Chevron Championship, but I got to connect with a lot of really cool LPGA Tour pros. And I had a really fun time talking with Lauren just about life, where she's from, where she's playing out of. And, and she's pretty busy right now. She's she's in the midst of wedding planning season. So we get into everything that's going on in the very busy life of an LPGA Tour pro. And we'll have that conversation with Lauren in just a moment. But first, let's talk about our best friends. I'm now labeling them our best friends, Alex. That's Desert Fox Golf. They've been with us since almost the very beginning of this podcast and stuck with us through thick and thin. And it's really because they they love what we're able to provide these great candid conversations that we do about their phone caddy, about the swing a tumbler, uh, the products they make that Alex, I think you and I can say wholeheartedly is one of our favorite things to take out of our bag when we start a round of golf. Absolutely. Yeah. And the really cool part about Desert Fox and their business is not only are they out there for you, the individual golfer, but they're great for large scale events as well, too. So if you out there are part of or know a company or a friend that's having a large scale event, I'm talking about 100 or more golfers out there enjoying the day. These products from Desert Fox Golf are perfect for you. All you have to do is reach out to us, reach out to the Desert Fox Golf team. We're at COL Podcast at Desert Fox Golf. And it's very simple. If you book an outing with a hundred or more golfers and you purchase desert Fox products and tell them we sent you, you get a $100 referral. So it's very straightforward, Mike. If you, your friends or your network are interested in a golf event and you like the products from desert Fox golf, you get that referral for mentioning our name. It's as simple as that. Uh, and we love desert Fox golf, not only because of the products for individual golfers, but because of those large scale events as well. That's right. And you can check out everything they have at DesertFoxGolf.com. Again, that Swing A Tumbler, which you can get in any number of colors. You can get your logo put on it for your golf outing, so it can be personalized for everyone who's there with you. DesertFoxGolf.com. Send us a message to COL Podcast or them on Instagram, DesertFoxGolf, to get that $100 referral for get buying 100 or more golf products from Desert Fox Golf. All right, next up on the Course of Life podcast, live from the Chevron Championship here in the Woodlands, Texas, uh, we have Lauren Stevenson, LPGA player who was originally from South Carolina. She's got a Texas connection, and she's here to talk about everything going on with her golf and her life. Lauren, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. So nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great having you on. So I guess um, first impressions, this is a new venue for this major championship. Big shakeup from what we're used to seeing Palm Springs this time every year. Um, but I know you have a little bit of background on the course. What are, what are your early thoughts on championship week, though? Yeah, it's totally a new adjustment. I mean, we're all used to Palm Springs, so um, just getting used to a whole other environment. But I got to play a month ago, so that was uh, really nice to kind of get a sneak peek and kind of know where you're going when you're walking around this massive property. Right. Uh, the Woodlands is like its own monstrosity. 
Um, it's like you, you're, you know, the connection because you're in Dallas, like Dallas and Fort Worth, like the Woodlands is like its own separate entity from Houston. There's a lot going on up here. Yeah. It's a huge city and it's, uh, pretty different than downtown Houston, but, uh, it's a nice spot to end up for the Chevron championship. Definitely. Um, so my co-host is from Savannah. Um, I know you have a lot of connection to the low country area. Um, what's your favorite part about, uh, the golf culture down there? I haven't quite gotten to play a lot of courses in the area, but what do you like most from a golf perspective of that part of the country? There's so much good golf. I mean, there's so much in Charleston, um, a lot of great courses in South Carolina and it's really similar to Texas. So it's nice. I kind of feel like at home here with all the Bermuda grass. So, Mm, um, I kind of know how that works. Whereas some girls don't play on Bermuda and growing up on it, it, feels kind of like a comfort coming to Texas. It's very similar to low country. Nice. Let's talk our like 20 handicappers through that too. The Bermuda <laughs> grass versus a different type of grass. What, what does that mean and how you change your, your action? Yeah. Uh, Bermuda grass is so hard. I mean, you have so much grain on these greens, so yeah. it can really affect a putt. Even if it's breaking right to left, the grain might be pulling it um, right. So you might have to play it a lot straighter than you think. So uh, you have to pay attention to the Bermuda grass and the grain. And then the rough Bermuda rough is just unlike anything other. So you can lose some balls in there for sure. Yeah, If you're lucky, you get that little <laughs> egg sitting on top of the nest. You yes. know, get that nice fluffy lie on top. Exactly. Uh, let's talk about this right here. The unpredictability and the adversity of the week, because you know what it's like. I feel like Dallas and Houston weather. I can't, we kind of make fun of it in Austin because Houston and Dallas always get the craziest weather. Um, but what's it going to be like kind of predicting adversity throughout the week? And, and how's that forecast your, your game plan here? Yeah, I think as golfers, we're used to the rain delays and you just never know what's going to happen. So especially in Houston and knowing the area, I mean, it can rain every day here. So um, not anything we're unfamiliar with. And you just kind of wait it out. Thankfully, these showers aren't too bad. I've seen some pretty bad storms around here. So it should be all right. Love it. Good cut. Uh, Good observation indeed from Lauren Stevenson joining us here on the course of life uh, ahead of this week's Chevron championship. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, your college career because I know you spent time at a couple different schools, right? What was that like for you? Yeah, I did. I spent time at Clemson and Alabama. So two very different schools yeah. and I had two awesome experiences. So super thankful for my time in college and um, really enjoyed both spots. But ACC, SEC, I had a little bit of both, so it was fun. Yeah, what's the uh, Saturday football vibe for you like now? On the outset of playing at both schools, I'm, I'm curious what that looks like for someone who's been to Bama and Clemson. It's tough. People like to give me a hard time because I get to pull for both. So, yes, you do. Um, what a combo. A lot yeah. of people are like, you have to pick one. And I'm like, no, I went to both schools. Like, I can pick, I can choose both. So, um, I do get to choose both. Unfortunately, they neither of them were very good this year. So yeah. then I started pulling for TCU because I live in Fort Worth. So That's right. I, I just yeah. claim whoever's good at the moment. Well, yeah, I know. You've got a lot of good options right now. Shout out to TCU as well, too. Um, let's talk about where you just came back from because you posted a lot on Instagram about your time in Hawaii. And I know you appreciated the swag that you got. Yes. The, the locker <laughs> swag. Let, let's talk about what you got there. And then I want to hear about some other great locker swag on the LPGA Tour. But what did you, what did you get from yeah, Hawaii? Yeah, you know, you golfers, like? we love all the free swag that we get. And um, all these club companies now are coming out with such great stuff, like the major swag this week. I mean, I know Callaway makes an awesome bag. Um, but yeah, the Hawaii swag, it's like a huge benefit of going. We get the cool Hawaii-themed head covers and towels. So. Yeah. It's all the little stuff that makes you smile when you're traveling all over the world. 
what is it? Is it like the little, they leave like a little trinket in your locker? Like take uh, uh, the amateurs behind the scenes of what it's like when you first get to your locker. Is that where you see the swag or is it? Yeah, just every week's different. Sometimes um, if I'm seeing the ping rep, he'll be like, oh, I have a swag back for you. And I get all excited. Yes. So, um, <laughs> but sometimes he leaves the little surprises in our lockers as well. So it's nice. Very cool. Um, so you've been on tour since 2019. You've had some successes, but obviously the thing that we want to get to is the winning at the professional level. You've had a lot of winning at the amateur level. So what's it going to take for you here as we look on the outset, we're starting major championship season uh, to get, get you over the hump and winning on the LPGA tour? Yeah, I think it's just continuing to learn. Um, I'm constantly learning every week and every year, just becoming such a better golfer. And I think the mental part of professional golf is something people don't understand. It's easy to kind of play in college when it's just a game and there's not money or anything tied to it. It's just like a golf tournament. It's no different. So when you're out here, it's learning to manage your own expectations and the price that comes with how you play and all of those things. So I think just continuing to learn and grow in all the areas I can. And I think eventually that will lead to the success I'm looking for. Okay. And and I'm curious, um, we're here on the Tuesday before the event, just in general, when you're a couple days before an event, um, what do your practice rounds look like? And where do you focus most of your practice round time when you're learning a course? Yeah, I focus a lot on the course. Um, A lot of players like to do their practice on the range of the putting green, but I really like to kind of play nine holes every day and really do a lot of chipping, a lot of putting, a lot of analyzing like where I need to finish the ball for certain pins. Um, I just really love being on the golf course to practice that kind of stuff. Um, so I played nine yesterday on Monday and then did a practice today. Now we have a little bit of rain delay, but, um, I'll do another nine tomorrow and just kind of really learn the course as best I can. Very cool. And and for fans out there who haven't seen your game yet, what, what, what's the strong point of your game that they would, they would notice the most? My ball striking is my strong suit. Um, I've worked really hard on chipping and putting to try to kind of match that to as well as I ball strike it, but definitely ball striking. Very cool. All right. We're joined by Lauren Stevenson. Let's get to the fun questions now uh, because I got blinded by the rock on your finger when you walked up to me to start the conversation. Congrats on being engaged. Thank you. Um, you have a fiance who's also from Texas as well too. Yes. But what's the wedding planning look like and how far along are we now? Um, off season was pretty busy with wedding planning. We yeah. got engaged over Thanksgiving. So it was a really fun off season. I did a lot of wedding planning. Thankfully, I have a wedding planner. So she was helping me. But my goal is to kind of have it all done by the start of season. So it's really been pretty easy. Everyone's like, are you not stressed? And I'm like, no, like, I don't care about any of that stuff. So (laughs) I'm just like, as long as we have fun, it's going to be nice and beautiful. And I'm not too worried about the details. I didn't really find it as stressful as maybe everyone was thinking it was going to be for me. I don't know. It was a lot of pretty easy decisions for, for myself and my wife. But um, how much has he been involved? Oh, he's definitely involved. He's yeah. more detail oriented than me. Uh, I'm okay. just like, show me a picture of flowers and I will say yes or no. But everything else, I'm just like, I leave it up to the experts. <laughs> they know what they're doing. Very cool. What are we doing? Band or DJ? What do you think? A uh, band. We already nice. got that. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> that Very was cool. his request. One request. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Um, let me talk uh, about another cool off week venture that I saw for you recently, which is where you got to go to Waste Management Phoenix Open. Yeah. Obviously, for any golf fan, that is like a Super Bowl and a Coachella all rolled into a golf tournament. Um, was that your first experience, or had you been to the tournament before? No, I've been before. My fiance's family works for WM, so it's a fun oh, kind okay, of family nice. trip for us. Um, and it is a one of a kind experience. The first time I went was the COVID year, and they were all like, 
this is not what it's like, like whatever. I'm like, well, this is great because I can see all the golfers I want to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to get the full experience this year was pretty crazy. I mean, we saw the streaker live. I mean, and it just, it's crazy out there and it's just like, doesn't feel like a golf tournament. Was it all day at 16 or were you at different places on the course? I like to walk around, but yeah, we spent a majority of the time on 16. It's hard not to. Yeah. I mean, you get to see everyone, you get to see all the action and I mean, people watching there is pretty incredible. Definitely. Indeed. Um, let's get to a couple of food related questions before I have a fun little giveaway for you. I think you might know something about it since you live in Texas, but let's start with our 19th hole question. Uh, so when you get in to the clubhouse, this is a beautiful clubhouse right here and you're done with your round. What's your go-to order, your favorite meal and drink that you like to order the 19th hole? Oh, favorite meal. That's hard. When I'm playing a tournament, I love when we have like healthy stuff like salmon and veggies and that kind of thing. Very but mature answer if there. I'm going to like a country club, getting like country club food, I want like chicken fingers and French fries. <laughs> like, mm, yep. Favorite, there's nothing favorite dipping better. sauce for chicken, for chicken fingers? Oh, honey mustard. Yep. Honey mustard and ranch, definitely yeah. for the win. All right. Uh, let's get to the, the giveaway for you here. Me and my co host have a friendly little bet on what order these snacks are going to get taken. So as we've been interviewing players today, I brought some collection, some snacks from Bucky's. I'm okay. sure you know Bucky's well yes. enough. So here's what we have left. Uh, two things have been taken off the board. The first pick was Gemma Dryberg. She took banana and milk chocolate chips off the board. Okay. And then Annie took the sweet and savory. Annie Park took the sweet and savory trail mix off the board. So what we have left are the chocolate meringues. We've got the nutty bites. We've got the jalapeno cheese puffs. And we have the world famous beaver nuggets. So there's four left on the board. Uh, Lauren, what do you think you're going for here? This is so hard. Have you been to Bucky's before? I have, but I've never tried any of these, and I love Bucky's. Isn't it amazing how just everything has a Bucky's logo on it? <laughs> yeah. They branded absolutely everything. I there. just love the smell when you walk into Bucky's. It smells like mm. nothing you've ever experienced. Oh, it's that mix of the tacos and the brisket oh. and the snacks and everything. It okay. smells legit like heaven. It's just like, you just <laughs> can smell all of the meat. <laughs> it smells so good. Um, I don't know. I'm probably going to have to do... The beaver nuggets. Yeah, they're world famous. I mean, the sea salt caramel ones too. So can't go wrong. Yeah, you can't. Texas is a, and Bucky's they go hand in hand, of course. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, what's the uh, timeline and location of the wedding? What, what's how's that going to be planned around the rest of the season for you? Yeah, we're getting married October twenty seventh okay. in Charleston. So cool. it's kind of a nice time of year. We die down a little bit in the fall, and then um, I'll have time to kind of prepare for uh, Pelican and CME. So it'll be a nice kind of like fun enjoyment of the fall season love it very cool lauren thank you so much for hopping on the course of life uh, best of luck this week and the rest of the season of course right thank you thank you so much and we're back great chat there with lauren it's uh it's wedding season for her she's going through it all i i seem to remember at least for me it being pretty easy to plan the wedding but then again the wife did everything yeah so, see, well that helps right there you know yeah, some yeah. it's a middle bit more of a team effort some one side will just kind of bow over to the other and regardless 
as long as you get the people you love there in the same room, that that's what makes the wedding. So uh, cheers to Lauren and her fiance for making all that happen while she's on the LPGA tour, living that life as a pro golfer yes. too. Um, so cheers to Lauren and some high finishes coming up later this week. Hey, you know, Mike, that that catering, you know, it's not going to pay for itself. All right, we got let's get those top tens on the board for Lauren, uh, so so we can so she can enjoy the hot honeymoon properly. Yeah. You know? That's right, indeed. And on our Instagram right now, we'll have a little this or that video yes. with Lauren as well. So make sure to check us out on COL Podcast. You can also check us out individually. He's Course of Life Alex. I'm MWRINC. We're on Twitter. Uh, he's Course of Life One on Twitter. I'm MWRINC. And while you're listening to this and we're rallying off our social handles, make sure you punch that subscribe button. Leave us a rating of five stars, four stars, a thumbs up two stars uh you can go the golf way and do us give us one star hole in one and think that that's good i'll take it it's not but okay yeah, whatever reviews are review. it's okay um and uh also we we got to point out though too alex that you have weekly articles on run your pool uh we talk about them that you have a weekly article about every golf tournament that's up there and you do other stuff too what else are we looking at this week uh, yeah, well, in honor of the memorial, Mike, thirty-second debate. Let's let's get into it. Who's your goat, Jack Nicholas or Tiger Woods? I, I I broke it down into several different categories, but what, what's your flash opinion when I ask you that question? I mean, uh, yeah, okay. there's a lot to think about. So that, that pause really says it all right there. So so check out runyourpool.com because I, I broke it down into several different categories, both on and off the golf course, fully personifying. Uh, the term of greatest of all time. And then I did a little NBA draft preview because that's coming up in a few weeks. So check out uh, runyourpool.com for all that content as well. Uh, let's also do a 30-second. It's a Monday afternoon. We don't know how Game 7 of the Eastern Conference oh, Finals yeah, will play out. Can do two inches of the cliff here? <laughs> so, so let's do two. Alex, uh, let's pretend for a moment. Alex, your Celtics came back from the brink. It seems that Boston knows how to win when they're three games down in a, in a, uh, in a finals tournament here. What's it going to be now? What, are we hosting the trophy and putting up the banners? Yeah, that's, it would be the Nuggets next in that world. And it all started with Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez both <laughs> attending game four oh, wow. in Miami of the series. I mean, you, you can't write a script like that to have both those Yankees there for the beginning of the Celtics comeback. Uh, truly unbelievable precedent sent by the Celtics this week. All right. Now let's pretend that your Celtics lost game seven. They were blown out by 20 points. How does it feel to know your Celtics can't get over the hump? Well, I said the season was over after we were getting our ass kicked in game three anyways. So admittedly, I'm, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth right now, just as this segment intends to. Um, very disappointing and to, to the way things went with, with the amazing comeback mounted. This team, what I will say, though, is win or loss in anything that happens here, they're a front runner. So if they, if, if they are in the finals, it's because they won handily. And if they lost, it's because they can't win tough games. So we'll see what happens. All right. Let's hashtag always end with food. Yes, our food segment to end every Course of Life podcast episode in honor of the Memorial Day weekend this past weekend. It's officially summer grilling season. I just did some hot dogs on MDW. Um, we're obviously honoring and remember those who made the ultimate sacrifice this past weekend. Um, let's get into some quick hot dog talk, though, Mike. Um, buns toasted or as is? What do you think? Toast, toasted. And what do you do for – what's your power ranking on device to cook hot dogs between grill – pan and something else uh i mean if i've i don't always fire up the grill for a hot dog yeah but i would rather have it grilled i think that's well said yeah i'm gonna go 
saute pan one just because it's so freaking easy grill two and then by the way if you're really feeling randy air fryer for the hot dog actually pretty Ooh. good i tried it recently right. not too bad and then the 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 toppings mike what, what goes on it for you what, what's the end uh, all deal ketchup mustard sweet pickle relish raw onion um and that's it and usually if i have it brown mustard not yellow and and thank you for reminding our audience because we are historically in the four plus year history of this podcast team grilled onions. However, yep. a burger. There a is burger. this one exception, and it's the hot dog right there. The hot dog and yep. raw onions, big time sporting event, ballpark, stadium vibe. Uh, so I agree with you. That, that's the hot dog wrap this week. <laughs> uh, I do need to bring up, by the way. So when I was in Kansas City uh, for the first time ever in my history, I went to an insomnia cookie. Okay, I walked by okay. one in Vegas, but I haven't been yet. Okay, so so uh, I can at least give you a comparison between Insomnia Cookie and the and new I've had, I've had Crumble, the, the Crumble. direct rival once. Right, this is kind of like the rivalry that's setting up now. Crumble Cookie is everywhere now because they literally are taking the Dollar yeah. Tree approach and just putting the store down anywhere there's an open spot. And Insomnia Cookie, not so much. They're in kind of, you know, but they're all known for giving you a cookie at two in the morning when you're drunk or hungover or you've been studying all night. That's kind of the whole thing. And I can say without a doubt that crumble cookie is the fucking worst. And I will take insomnia cookie every day. Wow. I love a good strong take to end the episode. Yep. I appreciate yep. that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So insomnia, what makes it stand out so much more in comparison to crumble, it's, I guess? It's a cookie. Crumble cookie takes whatever they consider a cookie and then they put frosting and icing on top of it they go cry all these wild and crazy flavors i don't want that when i want a cookie yeah, i want okay. a good old-fashioned good cookie and i got when i went to insomnia and people are going to be like oh my god michael what'd you do i got a oatmeal raisin cookie because i think you can tell places good based on their oatmeal raisin cookie okay that's fair. Raisin cookie like the same way good. you say like if you go to a pizza place you need to get a cheese slice because yeah. that's like the control. That's like the control yes. in the experiment. So I guess oatmeal raisin is kind of your control in the cookie experiment. Is that what's going I on mean, here? If you can do a good oatmeal raisin, if you can make me feel like I'm home, then that because to me, the oatmeal, I mean, a lot of people will probably say that's a chocolate chip cookie to them, but an oatmeal raisin to me is home. That's what okay, I think Well, of. we lost the crumble cookie sponsorship, but our friends at Insomnia, we, we love you so much and we would love to support the cookies and everything you guys are doing. So be sure to hit us up in the DMs. It's We're, we're, we're all in, apparently. We are, indeed. <laughs> love it. That was Always End With Food. Another great wrap on A Course Life podcast episode that we thank you very much for tuning into. If you made it this far, you have to hit that subscribe button right now. I'm going to talk aimlessly for three to five seconds so you can hit that subscribe button. And then I will say goodbye and see you next week. Oh,